I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There are those times the doctor just comes out with something that leaves you awake at night going, wow, I will never, ever be as profound as that. With that in mind, I am Sean Ferrick for Who Culture, and here are the 10 most profound Doctor Who moments. Number 10. Sad Later. The Doctor, the Widow and the Wardrobe. Our first profound moment is found in a rather unexpected episode. Seriously, the rest of this episode is the slowest hour of Doctor Who you can find. In this episode, one-off companion Madge believes her husband, Reg, has been killed after his plane goes down during a storm over the English Channel. She's been keeping this information from her children because she does not want to burden them, especially at Christmas, but the cracks are beginning to show and she's struggling to shoulder this terrible responsibility alone. The Doctor introduces himself as the kid's new nanny, upgrading their room with state-of-the-art gadgets and, most importantly, hammocks. Madge is unimpressed and loses her patience, asking the children to leave the room before telling the doctor about Reg. She feels guilty for sending the children away and is unsure why she keeps losing her temper with them. In response, the doctor drops this rather insightful line. Because every time you see them happy, you remember how sad they're going to be, and it breaks your heart. Because what's the point in them being happy now if they're going to be sad later? The answer is, of course, because they are going to be sad later. And of course, he is right. This quote is a call to seize moments of happiness where you can and embrace life. Because when it gets rough, these are the happy memories that you will fall back on for comfort. Number 9. Keeping the Balance, Twice Upon a Time The epilogue to Capaldi's tenure, Twice Upon a Time, was definitely a mixed bag. Whilst there is much to love in Moffat's swan song, many took issue with the disrespectful portrayal of the first Doctor, at times reducing him to a misogynistic old man trope. David Bradley's Doctor does get a few moments to shine in the episode though, particularly in a scene where he finds himself alone with fake Bill Potts' testimony, whilst Twelve is attempting to bargain with Rusty the Dalek. Like Twelve, Doctor Uno is grappling with the concept of regeneration, and becoming someone else especially given how he is now horrified by the idea of becoming a Doctor of War after Tesmany casually drops a handy highlight reel of his darkest moments on him earlier in the episode. He barely recognises his future self as the same person. Not Bill starts to question the Doctor about the day he stole the TARDIS and ran away, but instead of asking him what he was running from, she asks what he was running to. Pausing for a moment, he comes back with the following. There is good and there is evil. I left Gallifrey to answer a question of my own. By any analysis, evil should always win. Good is not a practical survival strategy. It requires loyalty, self-sacrifice, and, er, uh, love. So why does good prevail? What keeps the balance between good and evil in this appalling universe? 
In a way, it would have been better that this question be left unanswered. Yes, this particular story required the Doctor to hear that he was the glue holding the universe together in order to begin his journey towards becoming a hero, but in isolation, the quote suggests something that is arguably more powerful. That against all odds, and despite the personal sacrifices required, people genuinely tend to be good, and that love wins the day. In the end, isn't that nice? Number 8. All Just Stories in the End, The Big Bang Our next entry comes from Series 5's wonderful finale, The Big Bang. After piloting the Pandorica into the heart of his exploding TARDIS in order to restart the universe, standard Friday, the Doctor finds himself travelling backwards through his own timeline. Whilst watching back his adventures with Amy, he realises his companion can hear him but not see him. Knowing that Rory was able to be brought back through Amy's memories of him, Eleven comes up with a last-ditch plan to save his own life. Finding himself in 1996, the night he abandoned a young Amelia Pond in her garden, he picks her up and tucks her into bed, telling her a bedtime story and reminiscing about the good times they had together. Choosing his words carefully, he tells Amelia about the TARDIS, ancient and brand new at the same time, stolen, well, borrowed, and the bluest blue. In other words, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. He hopes that Amy will find him in these words at her wedding, and that he will be restored. But he's not optimistic. Ready to face an eternity trapped outside the universe, the Doctor takes comfort that, at the very least, he will live on as a story in Amelia's head, and goes on to say, We're all just stories in the end. Just make it a good one, eh? It's a clear comment on death and the common sentiment that our loved ones are kept alive in our memories and that we should live life to its fullest. This iconic line has been a great source of comfort to many fans and it's really not hard to see why. Number 7. Twisting the Facts, the Face of Evil I jump to classic Who now for a quote from the wonderful fourth Doctor during the 1977 serial, The Face of Evil. The episode spends a lot of time dwelling on the idea of false truths and fake history, exploring how a narrative can be twisted by those in power. During a tense standoff with his soon-to-be companion, Leela, the fourth Doctor says, You know, the very powerful and the very stupid have one thing in common. They don't alter their views to fit the facts. They alter the facts to fit the views, which can be uncomfortable if you happen to be one of the facts that needs altering. Some might say this was ahead of its time given the prevalence of fake news in today's world, but whilst the words resonate very much with a modern audience, this is a timeless problem and this quote would still hold water no matter what period of history you're referring to. Propaganda has always existed in one form or another, and it always will. Number 6. Where I stand is where I fall. The Doctor Falls. No Doctor has ever gone through such a significant change over the course of their era as Twelve did. Starting his arc out as a cold, abrasive and less compassionate incarnation, by the end of his run he developed into a warm and wacky space uncle with rock and roll in his veins. From hell-bent onwards, Twelve is one of the most gentle, good-natured Doctors we've seen to date. Another trait that defines Twelve is his pure tenacity. He's so determined and principled that he spends billions of years inside his confession dial because he has a duty of care to his friend, or that he swears to guards Missy's vault for thousands of years at his insistence because he believes she is capable of change. This characterization of Twelve comes full circle in the closing moments of The Doctor Falls, facing a suicidal last stand against a legion of Cybermen in order to give Innocence time to escape. Twelve seeks out help from Missy and the Master, who instead would rather run away. If I run away today, good people will die. If I stand and fight, some of them might live. Maybe not many, maybe not for long, maybe there's no point in any of this at all. But it's the best I can do, so I'm going to do it. And I will stand here doing it till it kills me. You're gonna die too, someday. How will that be? Have you thought about it? What would you die for? Who I am is where I stand. Where I stand is where I fall. It's an era-defining speech. Here is a man that already knows he's lost. His situation is hopeless, but he has a duty of care. And so he does as he must. 
because it's kind. He's chosen this hill to die on and he's proud. He can die with his dignity and his head held high. In a way, it echoes the phrase, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Missy and the Master are doomed to contribute to this cycle of suffering instead of challenging it, eventually falling victim to it, which of course they do mere minutes after Twelve warns them of this. The heart of the speech would later form the basis of Capaldi's final words. Laugh hard, run fast, be kind. It's such a simple mantra, but it's one we'd all do well to live by. Number five, what is courage? Planet of the Daleks. Another classic Who quote now, this time from the 1973 serial Planet of the Daleks. The third Doctor, nursing a potentially fatal wound, and Joe Grant find themselves on the planet of Spideron, where they encounter an old foe in the form of the Daleks. Later in the serial, Three drops this timeless piece of wisdom. Courage isn't just a matter of not being frightened, you know? It's being afraid and doing what you have to do anyway. Many people misattribute bravery as a lack of fear altogether. That simply isn't the case. Bravery is about facing the things we're afraid of and doing what we must do in spite of our own fear. It's a really strong message for anyone who's ever felt ashamed of being afraid or has thought it made them weak or cowardly. Fear is a part of being human. Fear is a superpower. Number four, Eleven's goodbye, Time of the Doctor. We jump to another valiant finale here, this time on Trenzalore, as Eleven bids an emotional farewell, having spent the best part of 300 years defending the town of Christmas. Clara has returned to his side at the very end, and the two are enjoying some final moments together aboard the TARDIS before the Doctor regenerates. Unlike his previous incarnation, who lived for a tragic seven years, Eleven has been wearing this face for well over a thousand years, and has spent much of that facing the inevitable death on Trenzalore. Not to mention he's just been given a further regeneration cycle. So when the moment comes for him to past the torch, he welcomes the change with open arms. In stark contrast to Ten's goodbye, 11's is perhaps the most optimistic regeneration of all. We all change when you think about it. We're all different people all through our lives and that's okay, that's good, you've got to keep moving so long as you remember all the people that you used to be. I will not forget one line of this, not one day, I swear. I will always remember when the doctor was me. Seeing the Doctor embrace change like this is such an important piece of character development. There's a real sense that one thing is ending and another is beginning, with the Doctor entering his second regeneration cycle without the weight of the time war on his conscience for the first time in many years. The quote itself shares a very relatable sentiment as well. We are all capable of change, but we should never lose ourselves along the way. We learn from our mistakes and treasure our memories. And like many fans, I will not forget one line of it. Not one day. I swear. Number three, nobody important, A Christmas Carol. The idea of importance is batted around a fair bit by the Doctor, but we're choosing the quote from A Christmas Carol here. The Doctor finds himself on the planet Ember, tasked with finding a way to save Amy and Rory from a volatile storm controlled by a local loan shark and a total asshole, Kazran Sardik, wonderfully portrayed by Michael Gambon. He finds himself interrupting Sardik as he ransomed a cryogenically frozen girl to her family, extorting them for money. After flapping his hands about for a bit and confirming Santa's name is Jeff, the Doctor's attention falls on the popsicle girl, Abigail. He asks who the girl is, to which Sardik replies that she's nobody important. The Doctor's clapback has become one of his most important lines. Nobody important? Blimey, that's amazing. You know that in 900 years of time and space, I've never met anybody who wasn't important before. This almost feels like a direct response to Ten's controversial temper tantrum at the end of time, in which he suggests that Wilfred Mott is not remotely important, a crime which, in my view, should be punishable by death. This fixation on importance in the Rusty Davies era, after all, Donna was the most important person in all of creation, and before that, according to Ten, she wasn't important at all, clearly didn't sit right with Moffat, and he challenged this idea as early as his first episode, The Eleventh Hour, during the Doctor's rooftop standoff with the Atraxi. 
Important. Six billion people live here. Is that important? Unfortunately, Moff would later go on to undo some of this with his attempt to make Clara the definitive all-time most important companion, but that's by the by. This quote is iconic for a reason. It speaks to the value of everyone as an individual, a reminder that no one is insignificant, even if they believe themselves to be, and someone, somewhere, is looking out for them. Number 2. The War Monologue, The Zygon Inversion The war speech started off as an experiment of sorts. Moffat wanted to see how long Peter Capaldi could hold the screen on for merit of his acting alone. No music, no input from the other characters, just an angry Scottish bloke acting his heart out. And by God does Capaldi nail this, laying down one of the most raw, powerful performances of his entire tenure, monologuing for close to 10 minutes. It's glorious. Twelve is attempting to defuse a tense military standoff between Unit and the Zygon Revolutionary Group. There are so many fantastic lines scattered throughout his speech, keeping up this constant momentum that it's impossible to pick just one. But to me, there's one part of this speech that really stands out. It's not a game, Kate. This is a scale model of war. Every war ever fought right there in front of you. Because it's always the same. When you fire that first shot, no matter how right you feel, you have no idea who's going to die. You don't know whose children are going to scream and burn, how many hearts will be broken, how many lives shattered, how much blood will spill until everybody does what they were always going to have to do from the very beginning. Sit down and talk. This moment is so powerful, firstly because we can see the Doctor's own trauma resurfacing, but also because this statement applies to every war throughout human history. Collateral damage is inevitable, and often it is the innocent who suffer most for the greed or self-righteousness of the powerful. It's such a compelling argument, every war has to end sometime, treaties must be signed and compromises must be made, it's an inevitability. So why not just forego all the bloodshed? Is it an oversimplification and a little utopianistic? Absolutely. But does that mean it's incorrect? Not even a little bit. Number one, good things and bad things, Vincent and the Doctor. It's exceptionally rare that a quote sticks with you to the extent that it changes how you look at the world. That's exactly where I find myself with the perfect ending of Series 5's universally acclaimed Vincent and the Doctor. Many people's minds might jump to the beautiful scene in which the Doctor and Amy take Vincent van Gogh to the Musée d'Orsay to witness the impact of his work, and Bill Nye's deeply emotional and uncredited monologue. Whilst this is an absolute powerhouse of a scene, we're actually taking a look at a later scene for this list. After the museum visit, Vincent is a changed man. Reinvigorated, he believes he has conquered his demons once and for all. Amy begs the Doctor to return to the gallery, expecting to find years and years worth of new paintings, despite the Doctor's warnings that this might not be the case. Sure enough, the duo arrive only to find that Vincent still tragically died by suicide on the very same day as before, with no new paintings to his name. Amy is absolutely devastated by this news, believing that they failed to save him or to make any difference at all. It's at this point that the Doctor drops arguably his most profound quote of all time. The way I see it, every life is a pile of good things and bad things. The good things don't always soften the bad things, but vice versa, the bad things don't spoil the good things and make them unimportant. And we definitely added to his pile of good things. It's straightforward, but it's such a powerful and optimistic message. In life, when things go wrong, we are quick to say that everything is ruined, devaluing the good, positive moments. But coping with the bad things is all about the little victories. Spending time with those you love, finding that new song you really like, or just making yourself a knockout cup of tea. On their own, sure, these moments can seem insignificant in the face of hardship, but they most certainly count for something. There is always happiness to be found in the little, unassuming ways, so long as you know where to look for it. And so long as there's happiness, there's a way out of the storm. To paraphrase Bill Nye's character, this is the finest quote of all. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Welcome back to Two Judgy Girls. I'm Mary from the Bay. And I'm Courtney from L.A. TJG is the podcast where we spill all the tea on your favorite reality TV shows, celebrity gossip, and everything in between. We're here to bring you our unfiltered opinions, hilarious commentary, and plenty of laughs along the way. We're two SDSU Delta Gamma sisters with a microphone and a whole lot of opinions. Each week, we dive headfirst into the wild world of reality television from Bravo to all the trash TV you could want. We break down the drama, dissect the latest scandals, and share our thoughts on everything from the jaw-dropping moments to the embarrassing antics. But that's not all. We're not here to just gossip. We're here to connect with you, the jurors, and share our love of all things pop culture. Whether we're dishing on the latest celebrity breakups, discussing our favorite guilty pleasure movies, or sharing embarrassing stories from our own lives, we promise to keep it real, keep it fun, and keep you coming back for more. Come judge with us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Acast.com. 